Welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with Head Coach Matt Nagy, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 1059 WBBM. Coach Nagy with us until the bottom of the hour, and then joined by special teams coordinator Chris Tabor. Uh, Matt Ruff, to say the least, Sunday in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns' big winners by 20 over your Bears. Uh, how do you process this all? I know it's there's nothing easy about it. You've been around this block before, so. Uh, I, I think you lean on your past and you look forward to the future here. Yeah, that's what, that's what we have to do. And, um, you know, you get through a game like that and you really, uh, you, you really dive into the film and you look at how it got to that point. And that's what we've done uh, all day today and going to continue to do is, uh, is figure out what we can do better and get the solutions. And so, but you know, when it was as bad as it was yesterday and it, it, it can be, um, you it gets frustrating and we understand that, but the beauty of our players, uh, the beauty of our coaches is that we've, we've, uh, we know that we have each other's backs and we're going to work hard to get back on track against a division opponent at home against Detroit this week. So as you're pouring over the tape, are there any uh Oh moments or like, what are you doing kind of moments or, I mean, things that really you're scratching on your paper, like, okay, this, this is, this is not what we intended to happen here or, you know, how, how do you, how do you, from, for the lay person that doesn't watch tape the way a coach does in your position and your experience, how would you explain it? Yeah, I wouldn't say there's any wow moments or uh -oh moments. It was just more of a collection of different times throughout the game, uh, just being off. And what, what happens is, is, you know, for instance, if you have the, the first third and two of the game and we don't convert that, we kick a field goal, uh, we get a couple stops on defense on fourth down, and then we end up having at some point in the game there, we have that third and one, and we have a false start. Um, just little simple things that we can't continue to just uh, defeat ourselves. we got to make the opponent do it. And Now, there was also times in that game where the opponent did do that. That's a good Cleveland defense and a good football team, and uh, we got to give them credit too. But we feel like we could have definitely uh, coached and played better, and, um, you know, that that's probably the biggest thing that, that – that we noticed you'd like to think every game plan has answers to every question because of what the other guy is doing and you adapt you also you know evaluate what's going on you make adjustments um how did that process work yesterday based on what you thought they might do and then what they did yeah probably the biggest thing was um you know for them just just somewhat understanding what their game plan was for justin and what what they were going to do uh and then us being able to, you know, try to take advantage of, like you said, adapting to, to doing some different schemes, which, which is what we did. The, the really big picture, there was just one or two things that they did and that, that we had to go ahead and, and change how we were going to try to attack them and um, without getting into a whole lot of scheme. But I, I think, you know, the other part of this too is um, we just got to be able to get more plays by getting more first downs so we don't have, 17 plays in the first half and you know 46 plays for the entire game and by getting more first downs that can keep our defense off the field and then they're not on the field as long so um just some little things here or there that that we're going to be looking at here uh these next couple of days before we start prepping i guess the biggest outcry from um analysts and fans which you know is obviously secondary to what you have to worry about in your own building but they had this image in their mind of what they saw in justin fields in preseason and at Ohio State, what he's good at, but not a lot of that was apparently put on put on display. How, how do you answer that one? 
Yeah, no, well, that, I mean, it's completely real. We all, we all have, have great expectations and, you know, we, we've seen what he, what he's done in college. We've seen what he's done in the preseason. And we also uh, know that it's not going to be like that every play, every snap, but at the same point in time, uh, you know, to, to, to come out of that game, like we did statistically, um, that's the part there that we know is probably the, the, the biggest issue is just, okay. Um, that's obviously not close to where we want to be. And you want to be able to make sure that when he's out there, uh, he's able to, to play his game and not get sacked nine times. And, but, but at the same point in time, look at all those sacks and see why they happen and, and, and learn from that. And I think that's what Justin's greatest strength is, is being able to accept criticism when he needs to, but he's also a great leader. And, uh, and I think he'll, he'll really do well with that and improve. I know you've spoken to him and you'll get him in the building tomorrow. And, uh, what type of guy is he in terms of that, to your knowledge, uh, so far, what you've learned? I mean, does he speak his mind to you, or is he more of a listener? Uh, because, you know, I, I, I listening to him in his news conference, and we, we had him on the radio for a short time, and just this, uh, this quiet resilience, like, you know, I, like he wanted another bite at the apple right away. He, he would like to have probably played a, a game uh, an hour later to prove that, you know what, I got this. That, that's who he is, and that's what we all love about him. And again, during the game, um, you know, with, with the way that game was going and some of the struggles we were having, probably one of the most impressive parts of, of it all was, was his resiliency and his positivity on the sideline. And uh, it can be easy to get frustrated. He never did that, and he just worried about the next snap. And to have that mentality – is going to be critical for his success moving forward. All right, so you've had many rookies in your coaching career – uh, and you know, like you said, I'm not used to this. A lot of these college guys, regardless of position are not used to what they encounter. And it is hard to win one game, let alone one snap in the national football league. So, uh, what is your experience with young guys and how you approach that? The, the biggest thing is, is being able to have them understand that, um, you know, we all do this thing together and, when, when I say that, you know, not, not just as an offense, but, but really all three phases, but we all pick each other up. And that's the beauty of this sport is that you have 11 players on one side of the ball. And if, if 10 of the 11 are good and one's not and just struggles, that can affect the play. And so we all got to understand, and that could be a, that could be a coach too, right? That could be a play call. It, it could be a lot of different things, but um, you all got to be on the same path. And when you do that, a lot of good things can happen. And so when we have what happened yesterday, uh, he'll understand that. He's going to have a lot more chances. And if it would have been flipped the other way and it was the best game in the history of football, we would have had to temper it and understand that's not going to happen either. So we got to just stay nice and, 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 and focused on Detroit this coming week. And I think he'll do that. Chubbed along back. Mayfield under center. Takes fakes. Setting up pressure coming back. Chasing down Mayfield. And down he goes. Sacks! And a big one on fourth down. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley, CPAs and consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. Just heard one of Khalil Mack's sacks. Uh, left the game shortly uh, for the second quarter with a sore foot, came back to play. That says a lot right there, Matt Nagy. Yeah, he, he really did a good job at, um, you know, I think trying to create pressure and the last couple of games, you really have felt him. And, and again, for him to be able to come back in the game um, shows the, what his commitment is to this defense. And he's, he's done a really good job. And we need to keep that going moving forward. 
And the same story for Robert Quinn and really the front seven. You know, despite whatever happened offensively and the inability to keep going in that direction, uh, as anemic as it was, it it was a seven-point game in the second half. And you have to give it to the defense as a reason why. And and it really was. I mean, you look at the start of the fourth quarter, um, and and so I think that's a, a, a valid point for these guys is they played a lot of snaps. Um, and they were able to make big stops on fourth down. So we want to continue to build off of that, and, um, and that, that's what we got to do. According to Pro Football Focus, 18 pressures, six sacks, and the Browns had 1.3 yards before contact, which is not something those running backs are used to. So there was penetration from you guys up front. I want to focus a little bit here. On, on the less known guys like Kyrus Tonga, who's starting to get more snaps, Angelo Blackson, and the uh, return of Mario Edwards Jr. How did you think that impacted all that math right there uh, I just threw at you? I like the way they played. I think uh, Tonga is continuing to grow. Blackson's been a great, valuable addition to this defense, and Mario Edwards getting him back. He had a great sack one-on-one, beating it, the, the offensive uh, guard. And, and so um, all of those guys bring a presence to that defensive line, along with Palau. And, and Akeem. And so when you put these guys out there, that's been a depth strength of ours. And yesterday you got to see a little bit of that. thought it was impressive listening to uh, I interviewed Jalen Johnson uh, before the game last week and brought up OBJ and that, yeah, he'd been following him throughout the off season, gauging where he was at medically and just checking in on him, so to speak. The way you do that, I guess, for the, for the young folks these days is social media and what's being said. But he was already investigating that, knowing at some point he's going to face him here in the first quarter of the season. So you traveled him yesterday. That was the plan for Sean Desai. Uh, Wherever he went, that's where where Jalen went for the most part. So that was an interesting uh, decision there, but uh, also a tip to the cap for the guy who is your CB1 right now. Yeah, no, he's he's done a great job. I think he's had a really good start to the season. And when you're able to have a guy like that that can move around and, and travel if you need to or play zone if you need to, uh, it's a benefit. And I think he's he's got to continue to keep growing as a leader, as a player, and he definitely puts in the extra extra work after practice too, which is great. All right, let's, let's go back to the offense um, and what you've had to say to the media earlier this morning that uh, you're going to be looking at things as, as losses like this because of how it uh, transpired with the offense. You know, it's, it's – time for self-analysis and uh, where are you at on that? And what have you arrived at? Exactly what I said, which is, you know, really Jeff at a point where you just look at, okay, the three games where we're at and, and just the, the identity uh, is, is something that you always want to talk about and, and, and figure out as soon as you can, the sooner, the better. Uh, and then you get into the, the, the reasons as to uh, the way a certain play went Um you know, when you called it, how you called it, uh, how was it executed uh, and all that, all that kind of stuff. So we'll get together as a staff and we'll talk through where we think we can improve in, in every area. And I, you know, that's, that's where I think uh, the communication part, the, the, the honesty is huge uh, between all of us, players and coaches, coaches and coaches, players and players, and uh, to come up with solutions ultimately. You know, over the time you've been calling plays, do you feel, ever that, you know, and, and I've talked to many offensive coordinators about this, you, you feel good, but there's always in the back of your mind something that, you know, you're always worried about when you put together that game plan. And with Justin being the first-time starter in this particular situation and a very difficult place to play, did you have any of that 
worry in the back of your mind. You're a positive guy, but I mean, we're all human. Well, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word worry, Jeff, but what I would say is like, there's the unknown, right? So as you go through this, you, you got to figure out, okay, what are some things that, that you're going to do well as an offense with him, the quarterback, what are some plays that he likes? And we know that going into it, as we create the game plan, it's built around him. Then you're going to have to have some adjustments based off of what the defense gives you and whatever that is. Um, yesterday, what I felt like was our biggest deal was again, that word rhythm. We just, unlike LA, when we were in LA, we were in a rhythm. We were getting first downs. We were moving the ball. We were in a rhythm. Yesterday, we never got in that rhythm. You know, to have 10 plays before five minutes to go in the second quarter, 17 total plays. You just, you, you know, you, you don't get in a rhythm. So we got to figure out ways to get first downs so you can get in a rhythm. And then you have more experience. And, and when I say that, Justin will have more experience um, having more plays. And, and we just never got to that point yesterday. And that, again, like I said yesterday, that, that starts and ends with me. Snap is back here on third down for Mayfield. Big pressure by Quinn to get to the quarterback again. And down he goes. Robert Quinn racing the edge. Mario Edwards Jr. in there as well. Select single-game Bears tickets are available. Cheer on the Monsters of the Midway live at Soldier Field this season. Visit chicagobears.com slash tickets for more information. Final segment with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Let's talk. Uh, Robert Quinn just heard the sack there. Uh, he's starting to put things back-to-back and uh, really looks explosive. Uh, had his best game. Some analysis has him at six pressures and two sacks yesterday. And with he and Quinn now, uh, excuse me, he and Max, six combined sacks so far this season through the first three weeks of the season. So it, it, it looks like a different player circa 221 here. You agree? Yeah, w- without a doubt. And I feel that too. I think Robert's done a great job. He played a lot of snaps yesterday. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did a really good job of being able to come in and you felt his presence and his motor. He's doing a good job in the run game. Uh, he, he had, you know, like you said, talked about, having, uh, uh, you know, a sack, one and a half sacks and had a couple others that, that he just missed. So we need that to keep going. Him him and Khalil on the edges is very, very important along with that defensive line. And, and how about the play overall in terms of that running game? Because, um, boy, is it – it's dynamic. Just like you said and, and watching, I, I I was extremely impressed with the way Kareem uh, Hunt runs the football – with, uh, as Sean Desai indicated, a lot of anger and violence, and you know him better than we do. Uh, boy, that, that, that guy is something else. But in terms of how you, uh, in that position with the defense on the field for 40 minutes, I mean, that's, that's going to wear it down, you know, playing guys like that, Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and they're built for that uh, four-minute mode when they have the lead. They just get in their big tight ends, and they run the ball right at you with their counter-O schemes and their downhill rubs. And so I think um, – you know, we got in a situation where the, the defense was able to, uh, to to play the way they played for three, three, three and a half quarters. And then you get into that four minute against that offense. It, it's difficult for any defense. So, uh, you know, we just got to continue to just stay sharp with our fundamentals and our tackling. You know, we had the, the, the touchdown run that he had. We just had a couple of missed tackles on that. And our guys need to be better there, but they will. And I think overall, um, uh, just understand and being able to get off the field as much as we can as soon as we can. Uh, you're not prepared to name a quarterback just yet. Week has to work itself out, some uh, injury concerns, and and just uh, see where everything goes. Uh, but in terms of what Justin learned about where pass rush comes from, where you know how the protections are, and and what he can do to help alleviate some of that, uh, was this like going to grad school on Sunday? 
Yeah, it was, I think there's a lot of different ways that there's a lot of things that he's going to learn from that we're going to learn from. Um, and it'll, it'll help make him and us better. Uh, that's where if you, if you use this thing the right way and you use what happened as an experience, which, you know, again, talking to Justin, he's already doing. And I think that's a, a, a big strength of his is to be able to see the positives or at least take the negatives and turn them into positives. So that's the only thing we can do that. That's how he's wired. And I know we'll do that. How do you feel about the O line right now? Yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of a lot of trust in them, and they they had, uh, you know, it was one of those games yesterday where, um, you know, they got us a couple times on on the edge and a couple times up the middle. But uh, again, the the belief that that we have in, in Coach Juan Castillo and Donnie and the, these players uh, pulling together, these guys, they uh, they know that they can play better, and they they will play better, and. That's why uh, we're fortunate here to be able to get a chance to do it against Detroit Lions. All right, let's start talking about the Lions division opponent. And that's, uh, I think you've alluded to it. I think it's a, a great place in the schedule to get a division opponent right here and now. Yeah, you know, they're coming off that tough loss there to the Ravens on that 66-yard field goal. And, um, but they're, they're, uh, they know it's a division game, too. They get to come to Soldier Field. And uh, it's going to be important for us to, to start fast. And we always talk every year about, winning your home games and winning all your division games. And if you do that, a lot of good things will happen. So this will be our second home game and it'll be our, our first division game. And very important for us to get off to a fast start. A lot of familiarity, obviously with Jared Goff. Uh, so what he is he doing there that uh, looks a little different than he did in LA. And, you know, there hasn't been much of a consistent run game for the lions, but it looks like that Williams and, and Swift have um, come together and that could be a, a duo. You're going to have to shut down. Yeah, that's something that I know they want to hang their hat on uh, with their scheme and then with those players and Jared Goff obviously coming over from from the Rams and some of the play action stuff and the movements that, that they did and the nakeds and bootlegs. So we'll have to be aware for that. We'll get onto the tape and see really what they're all about. But again, they're a scrappy team that's going to fight hard and, and, and play. And They've had some good games here and, and uh, we're going to have our hands full. We essentially looking at a potential New Orleans style defense given that Aaron Glenn is there. Yeah, you know, Coach Glenn has done a a great job when he was in New Orleans and, and now bringing it to Detroit. You can see a little bit of a flavor there with that. And um, so, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. I think he's, he's done a great job in the coaching world and he's doing a good job there in Detroit. All right, Matt, go get him uh, back to work week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff. See you. Snap and placement made. Kick is up. Cairo Santos from 47 yards. It's good. Sunday's game against the Detroit Lions is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, the official healthcare partner of the Chicago Bears. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with our guest, Bears Special Teams Coordinator Chris Tabor. Good to have you alongside, my friend. Uh, let's talk Cairo Santos because just heard the highlight of his 47-yard field goal. That record streak of consecutive field goals continues. I know. Uh, a guy like yourself, whatever happened in the past is irrelevant to the future other than what you learn in terms of success rate. That's always a new day dawning. But at the same time, it's 31 in a row now, and that's a significant number in, in league circles, certainly a franchise record. You throw on the playoff game, that's 32 in a row. Uh, his consistency is really, forgive the pun, kicking into gear here. No, and it's he's doing a, he's doing a nice job. He's taking advantage of his opportunities and uh, striking the ball really well. But I think what makes him so special is, and people don't see it, is the daily grind of the process. We're gonna what we what we do on Wednesday, what we do on Thursday, what his routine is on Friday. I think that all leads up uh, to give him a chance uh, to be successful and make kicks. 
They come in all shapes and sizes. And the reason I bring this up, I'm barely five, seven and a half. All right. And uh, I met Cairo on the sideline before yesterday's game. Social distance, of course. Uh, however, I I didn't I'd never met him face to face. I didn't realize how short of a guy he is. But it doesn't matter. There are big legs, no matter what size. How does a guy on the shorter side generate the kind of power needed to drive the football? But probably, obviously, his his soccer background growing up, obviously that helps. He he, he already has a muscle memory how to kick a ball. But you know, he's he's a really good ball striker. And just the, as you know, the foot placement, bringing the heel through the target, all the core tenets that we always talk about of, of, of being a good ball striker, he has those attributes. And I think that's why he's been able to, he's, he's figuring out wind and, uh, and has done a nice job there. I mean, it was windy yesterday there at first energy. And, and when you kick towards the dog pound, uh, that, that's a tough end to kick. And we didn't have any kicks going that way, but in pregame, uh, he actually had to go back out and uh and hit some more down at that end because it is tricky but that's i think that's where i've really been proud of him is he's he's mastering uh being what i call a, a cold weather kicker yeah it was interesting when we did our weather conditions in the 21 mile per hour wind on there and you know tom uh tom thayer said wow i can't really tell where it's coming from and i said well I, let's just assume it's swirling uh what what was it you know it was uh if you looking at our bench it was it was blowing it was blowing towards our tunnel, but towards their bench. And it stayed, it did stay pretty consistent uh, through the day. I, I was actually shocked when uh, their, their kid hit a couple touchbacks towards the dog pound in uh, because when he was kicking off in pregame, his ball was going to about the five yard line. So I was really shocked when he uh, stole a couple touchbacks there going that way. But uh, no, it's a tough place to kick. It's just like our place. Uh, you know, you got to figure it out and each day is different. And uh, so that's what kind of, that's kind of the fun part uh, about being a, a windy city type kicker. Yeah, Chase McLaughlin out of uh, U of I had a very good day yesterday uh, in the Browns win. Uh, with that being said, let's talk Khalil Herbert on some of those kicks because uh, this is where the education comes in because you were surprised that he hit a couple touchbacks. And I was assuming this was strategic for the ball to land inside the two or three yard line and force uh, the blocking up front and maybe because the hang time seemed very very good on McLaughlin's kicks, kickoffs. No, they, they started off early, and I think they wanted to uh, test us to see if they could pin us down in there. And, and uh, you know, we had uh, the first return. I think we only got it out to maybe the 23. Uh, but you could see that we had a chance. And then the one right before halftime uh, where he knocks it out to the 40-yard line, unfortunately we had a, uh, a little bit of a touching penalty and an illegal wedge in the back end uh, that, they, that they called. But – you could start seeing on film on the on the iPad on the side that, that we were handling them, and and I, I felt good about that. This the Herbert kid, he's getting better and better, and uh, you know hopefully we can keep him on an upward trajectory. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Joining us, special teams coordinator Chris Tabor. Uh, the booming punts of Patrick O'Donnell on yesterday's Cleveland turf. Seven punts. Wow, 397 yards, 56.7 average. The net of 42, but he had a couple of 61-yarders. I think he had four 60-plus-yard punts. What What the heck was uh, – what did he eat for breakfast? Pat punted well. I mean, it was uh, – needed. We, we had to try to flip field position. You're going to give up some return yards when you when you kick the ball that far, uh, and that's okay. 
you know, you got to have confidence in your guys going down. But uh, he did a nice job with the hang and the location. I was real proud of him. He's getting better and better each week. And he's another guy that's, uh, he, you know, I always say it, it's very cliche. He's a pro's pro. Uh, but but Pat really stepped up well yesterday, and I was real proud of him. Yeah, you really don't have to concern yourself with guys like him, Patrick Scales, and what you've told us about Cairo Santos investing the time to get better. Uh, they're they're all true pros, every one of them. No, they really are, and this, what's special about them, they all know how each other work. And, uh, you know, we could be out of practice, and, and Scales throws a long snap, and before he even looks back or even asks me, he'll go, oh, that one was low. And, and Pat punts the ball, and he'll turn around, hey, sorry about that, I'll get that fixed. They, they, they just know each other inside and out, and that's what makes them a good battery. All right, we touched on it in the previous uh, session here uh, about Khalil Herbert uh, before the break. Let's, let's dig in a little deeper because he's, he's been very consistent, I, I, I think you would agree. I mean, and he's got that patience back there. Uh, does he have the, uh, you know, the big lightning speed? Uh, no, it's good, very good, but... He, the patience and the vision, it, it is just like a running play when he, when he gets his wheels moving in the right direction and then starts, you know, following your blocking assignment. No, no question. And, you know, that's, he has natural, obviously, being a running back. His natural running back attributes come into play in our kick return game. And uh, he's, doing, he's getting more confident, uh, and he's doing a better job of, of learning kickers, how they set up, where they're trying to kick the ball. He's understanding when. Uh, he's been a real good student of the game. I'm also proud of him because he's covering kicks, and he's, he's getting better in that area. I mean, there's a kid that, you know, didn't cover a lot of kicks in college, and now you're doing it in the National Football League. But uh, he's, he's – I'll tell you what, that whole running back room, and David and, and D-Dubs and, and all those guys, they've really helped raise him. And Coach Petrie does a great job with him, too. And he's, the kid sits in the front row, takes notes in special teams and asks good questions and, and takes a lot of pride in his craft. He understands his role, and we're real proud of him because he just he wants to be a star in his role, and I, and I appreciate that. Who else is a front row guy? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, they are. You know, with with COVID, we like to have a little a little little seating, a little spacing. Uh, but, no, you know, our core guys, they, they do. They sit, they sit up front. And uh, they all have their certain spots. It's just like any classroom. I think if you if you walked into an elementary school or high school, everyone has their assigned seat where they feel comfortable. And you know, our room is no different. In terms of the coverage units, you know, there's a big difference because uh, Cordell Patterson and uh, McManus were such a big part of that the last few years. McManus for a long time. How have you uh, formed a material plan for that? And how has that been working out in terms of new bodies uh, in those particular spots and then just in general? I would say that we're still obviously a work in progress. And we have some, we have some guys, I'm, they're, they're getting better each week, I think. Uh, and we still have a lot more room to, to grow. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm excited about where we can get them to. And it's just good. It's in how that happens. It's, it's reps. It's game reps. Every rep you learn something. And when you play, for example, you play out in the gunner spot and you get doubled over and over again. Um, early on, it's been my, my history. Players are going to lose at the beginning. Then they begin to figure it out. And then they, uh, they start working their craft and they get different moves and, and they get better. So uh, we still got to improve there, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Did the Simba Webster hit? look as good on tape as it looked from up above and uh what was your perspective on that on coverage i was really proud of him because early on in the game he was having a tough time 
And uh, to his credit, he just kept fighting and, and, and plugging away. And it was, it was a beautiful tackle, great form tackle. And uh, that was good for him. It's kind of what I just, you know, talked about a little bit there. I mean, you, you kind of get worked early in the game, but you begin to figure it out and you go and you go, and then you make a play like that. That can, that can only springboard a player. And I hope that does for him. Any, any other guys that uh, you'd like to throw on the table there that have uh, started to make some move? Oh, you know, uh, you know, Jonesy, we call him cheese cause he's always smiling yeah. all the time. Uh, but he's, he's playing at a high level for us and, uh, all the guys, you know, we had an injury yesterday and, and, uh, Ogletree had to jump in there. He's playing obviously starting on defense and, and what a pro he is. He jumped right in there on the punt team and we didn't miss a beat. And so I was really pleased with him, but you know, DHC is, I've always said he's been the straw that stirs the drink and, and he, he sets us in motion. And he's he's playing at a high level, so we just got to keep getting better. And you know, I got a young rookie in the Caleb Johnson kid who's improving, and and I'm I'm excited about him. He's kick return yesterday is probably the best he's blocked, and uh, and he's and you know he stays after practice and works the fundamentals of it, and it's just time on task. He's getting better, so I'm excited about that. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Special Teams Coordinator Chris Tabor. Uh, let's talk about Caleb Johnson because I saw him working out before the game with no pads on, and, man, you could see the athleticism oozing out of his pores. Uh, this is like a piece of clay, isn't it, for you? It really is, and uh, he's another guy. Now, he actually sits in the second row, <laughs> and uh, uh, he takes notes and, and uh, just wants to get better. He, he already told me after the game, he said, Coach, this week, this is what I want to concentrate on. And so he, ha- he has a plan and I really, I really respect that uh, from him. And he's, he is, he's getting better. So uh, we just got to keep him on that trajectory. What's the mental impact of a game like yesterday because uh, of what happened in the end? Uh, yes, it's, it's a loss or a win every single week. It's a, uh, it's, it's a 50, 50 bet, but do, do you even play a role in keeping your guys in a good place mentally? I, you know, I, I don't get too high and I don't get too low. I mean, so it's, it's, it's a long, it's a long season. Uh, but you know, what we talk about in our room is, I mean, we don't have the advantage of first, second, and third down if something goes bad. We are one play. So even yesterday when things weren't going our way, we would just say, Hey, let's win this one play. I don't care what has happened in the game. Let's win this one play because we don't get any do overs. And uh, that's the mentality that we want to have so that we can, you know, give ourselves a chance to be a good unit. Now it's time to look ahead. Brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears. The Bears will host the Lions on Sunday. Detroit coming off a stunning 19-17 loss to the Ravens. Justin Tucker ended the game with an NFL record 66-yard field goal as time expired, and the Lions are 0-3. We'll touch on that in a moment, but I'll look ahead to the new Lions. Uh, punter Jack Fox has been there. Uh, they've had uh, Austin Siebert and Ryan Santoso yesterday kicking Siebert on COVID uh, list, and uh, Khalif Raymond, the return guy. Just give us a quick thumbnail on what you're seeing and what you know about Dave Phipp, the special teams coordinator up there. Well, just start just starting the process now, and, and Coach Phipp does a great job. He was in Philadelphia for many years, and uh, his units have always been really good. They got a good battery. I mean, all the you know the kicker, punter, long snapper are really good, along with the returner. You know, it's just. You know, it's very cliche again, but it's another NFL football team. These are NFL football players. They're, they're good, and they, you know, they're athletic, and they're obviously trying to 
get an identity themselves and and uh, so we'll we'll expect the best from him and we need to play well. What do you think of the field goal because he crow hopped and I've never seen that. And maybe you have maybe to get the extra momentum. This guy is something else. I, I have not it, it was that it, it was amazing. I mean I mean what you, there's really that's there's not really not much to say to hit a we're talking a 66 yard field goal. 66 yards. Yeah. <laughs> some guys some guys can't even kick off that far. That's, let alone make a field goal. Well, and the crazy thing, he's made 50 straight field goals in the fourth quarter or overtime, and 21 have been 40-plus. So, I mean, he is arguably, you know, the best. He's arguably one of the best of all time. Yeah, so, and as a special teams coordinator and a guy who's cut his teeth in this uh, phase of the game, you got to respect that, right? No, no question. He's he's been a great player a long time. Even when I, you know, when I was in Cleveland, we faced him all the time. So I've seen him up close and personal for a long time. And him making a sixty-six yarder, yes, that's very shocking. But them attempting it is not shocking, you know, because he is he's something else. All right, Chris, appreciate our time as always, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. That's going to wrap up our program for the night. Thanks, as always, to Bears head coach Matt Nagy and our special guest Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator. Thanks to Jordan Tretta and Dan Barilli, our producers and along with Keith Johnson. We'll have the Bears and Lions from Soldier Field, 9 a.m. pregame noon kickoff right here. This is News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good night, everybody.